Hey, thanks for joining us on the No Limits Church podcast. Here at No Limits, we are dedicated to helping you live your best life. And it's a journey that we call pursuing limitless life in Jesus. And we're doing it all for one reason, so that our lives can impact the world. So wherever you're listening from, we pray that you are encouraged and empowered by this week's message. Well, y'all, we're in the middle of a series um, where we're basically answering the most common questions out there. So a survey was sent out to, to a bunch of people asking them, like, what questions do you want answered in church? And so what we did is we picked the top five, and we're in week four of this series today. And in week one, we talked about overcoming stress. Is that a big deal for anybody except me that you have to deal with? And then in week two, we talked about surviving life's worst moments. Anybody go through a bad time in life from time to time? Well, Tim Bell, Tim Bell brought us that message, and it was so good. And then last week, our founding pastor, Mark Young, he, he brought us a message from God's Word about how to deal with difficult people. <laughs> and, it, and it was really good, too. And you can catch all those on our website. You just visit nolimits.church, or if you use a podcasting app, you can just search No Limits Church there, and you'll find all those messages there. So next week, our small groups leader, Chris Wills, is actually going to help us learn how to share our faith in a way that's effective. But this week, we're going to answer this question, how do I hear God's voice? And there's actually a great theological debate out there that, about God speaking. Some believe that God speaks, while others, others believe that God doesn't speak. But the truth we find in God's Word is that He actually speaks to us now probably more than ever. Because after Jesus, when Jesus came, and he, he, the Holy Spirit came to live on the inside of us. So God's inside speaking to us. There's a guy named Dillis, Dallas Willard who wrote a book called Hearing God. And I love this quote. brings it all home here. He said, if God doesn't speak today then the greatest disservice we could ever do people is to tell them that they could have a personal relationship with God. In other words, how can you tell somebody they can have a relationship without conversation? Like dialogue is an essential part of every relationship, and it's not any different with God. So God's been speaking since the very beginning, like he spoke the world into existence. And then if you fast forward all the way to the book of Revelations, one of the very last things that says is, for all those who have ears to hear, let them hear that Jesus is Lord. So God is speaking. So we believe God speaks here at No Limits. And here's how Jesus explains it in John 10.3. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. So this is the kind of relationship right here that God wants with you. Like he, where he calls you by name, you listen to his voice, and he leads you through the things of life. And I imagine that you guys want to have that kind of relationship with him too. And so it goes, and that, like, it goes on to say when he's brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. So there it is again, like he goes ahead of you. Like he's preparing the way for you, and he's paving a path for you. Super awesome. But in order for you to follow him, you have to get to a place where you, you know his voice. And that's what today's message is all about. I want to get you all to this place right here, but they'll never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. That's a good thing. So I believe that God's speaking to all of us, and this is something that I know to be true because I've experienced it in my life so many times. He definitely speaks to us in the small stuff, like maybe helping you solve a problem at work or something like that, but he also speaks to us in the big things of life. And so I'm going to share with you guys actually two stories if I remember God like speaking in my life. And I could share with you a bunch of stuff, but I wanted to pick the top two that like had kind of like defining, there were like pivotal moments in my life that God came in and he spoke so loud that like I couldn't get away from it. And the first one was actually, so in high school, I was kind of like way off track, like a lot of us get, and, and I was pursuing relationships that were never meant to be part of my life. And thinking back to that, I can remember like this moment as like uh, junior year, beginning of junior year, God just kind of grabbed me by the shoulders and he kind of shook me. And he's like, Kate, if you keep going in this direction, you're going to destroy the life that I've planned for you. So it's time to change direction. 
So in that time, I remember making a commitment that, like, I wasn't going to date anymore. Like, I was saying goodbye to relationships, and I was going to wait for God to bring me, to show me the one that I was supposed to marry. So I was, I was like, really serious about it. Like, I checked out of the dating world. I wasn't interested. I was done with the heartache, and I was done wasting time with the wrong people and wasting their time, too. And I was serious about listening for God. I was content just to wait for God. And it was, that was towards the end of my junior year, and at the beginning of my senior year, I met Beth. And, y'all, it, I, hate, I hate to, like, burst your bubble, but it wasn't love at first sight. Oh, I know. I can't tell you that story. But I still remember the first day that I met Beth, because it was, like, it was the beginning of senior year, and, and we went to a small school, so I think she was probably the only new person that year, so she was kind of like the new meet, you know? Everybody was flocking towards Beth and, and trying to get her as a friend. And I remember, like, saying, introducing myself to Beth and then introducing her to my friends, because I had a lot of friends that were girls, for whatever reason, and then they became friends. And then, like, so because she was friends with my friends, we hung out a little bit, and then, like, a couple months passed, and I, I had the most vivid dream. And it was a Beth walking down the aisle in a wedding dress. And guess who was at the other end of the aisle? Me. What's funny, I didn't think of Beth that way at all at this point. Like, like Beth was just my friend. She was a good friend. And I woke up, and it's almost as if God yelled from heaven, there she is. This is the one for you. And here we are 12 years later. We, we got married two years after graduating high school. Sorry, two months after graduating high school. People thought we were crazy, but I mean, when you hear God, you hear God. And, and it was supposed to be, because I, I wouldn't be where I am today without Beth. Like, I would probably be strayed. It's true. She deserves a hand clap for dealing with me. Thank you, Brandon. <laughs> but the reason we're married is because God spoke. He did. And then there was a second pivotal moment in my life, and that's when God called me to become pastor of this church. You see, like... I've been part of this church since it started 11 years ago as a worship leader for the first 11 years or 10 years. And uh, people would always say, Kate, you're the next pastor of this church. I'm just like, y'all, it's not me. Like, I I didn't see myself as a pastor. Like, that was not God's call on my life. And I can remember one day, it's like almost out of nowhere. Like, God just like dumped the vision of the church on me. Like, it's like it fell out of heaven and knocked me on the ground. Like, have you guys ever had one of those, like, really great ideas, and you were so excited about it, like, you couldn't even get it out fast enough on paper? Like, that's how it was. Like, it was just, like, overflowing out of me, and, and like, I knew that apparently God's calling me to pastor this church, like everybody's been saying all these years. And my dad was lead pastor at the time, and I remember I went and told him about what happened, he's like, yep, it's your turn. I'm going to pass the baton. And so here we are today. I've been leading this church for a little over a year now, and I wouldn't trade it for anything. And, you know, thinking back, I can remember times when my dad, like the past 10 years of this church, would ask me to speak. I think he just did it to torture me because, like, it was, like, my least favorite thing to do in life. Like, the preparing the message just stressed me out. It was stressful to get up here. And now I know that this is right because God's grace is on me to do this. Like, preparing these messages is the favorite, my favorite thing to do all week. And being, being here with you guys is my favorite thing to do. And that's because God spoke. And he, he led me into this. So I tell you this story to prove to you that God still speaks today. There's no way around it. He speaks to me, and he also speaks to you. There's nobody exempt from that. But the reason this is a common question, like how to hear God's voice, is because a lot of people struggle to hear God's voice. So if that's you, if you're struggling, I don't know if I ever hear God, that's okay. We're going to work through that today. So I want to give you three things that actually keep you from hearing God's voice, and then I'm going to give you three things to help you hear God's voice. And let's call these first three things weapons of mass distraction. Because the truth is, like, God is speaking, but there's a whole lot of other noise going on as well. 
And here's the first one, and that's busyness. You see, it's very difficult to listen to anybody when you're busy. How many of you guys have like been on your phone and the person sitting right next to you is talking to you and you didn't hear a word they said? Yep, we've probably all done it. Or how many of you have come to church on Sunday and your mind was so busy that you walked out the door and you couldn't even remember what I talked about? Yeah, let's have you guys stand up because everybody needs a spank in that. <laughs> I'm just playing with you guys. But take a look at this story in Luke 10. It says a woman named Martha was welcomed Jesus into her home. She had a sister named Mary who seated herself at the Lord's feet and was continually listening to his teaching. But Martha, she was very busy and distracted with all of her serving responsibilities. So I want you to notice the stark contrast between the two sisters. Like Mary was listening, Martha was busy. Like you can either listen or you can be busy, but you can't be both. So I'd venture to say that most of us today are probably like Martha. Martha, Martha, Martha. Anybody watch the Brady Bunch? We think we got all this stuff to do, and we think that it needs to get done first before we take time to sit at Jesus' feet. And listen, we got to get the stuff done first. But Mary made a decision that, like, even though there was stuff to do, because, you know, Martha was in there doing it, she was going to take this time to sit and listen to Jesus because she knew it was important. So here's the bottom line. You have to make time for God. Because if you don't, busyness will always win the battle every time. And that's why it's so important to put God on your schedule first thing every day. You've heard me say this before. I'll say it again. If God's not first on your list, he's not on your list. Because if you don't put God first, the busyness of life just kind of swoops in and it steals up all your energy. You get to the end of your day and you don't have anything left to give God if you even thought about him at the end of the day. So has anyone else done that besides me? I'll admit it. It happens to me even now, as a pastor, there's days that go by that I do that. So make an appointment with God first thing in the morning because it's the only way to show busyness who's boss. And here's what you need to do during that time. Be still and know that he is God. Just be still and listen. So if busyness is a major problem in your life, I actually encourage you to go listen to week one of this series where I talked about overcoming stress because in, ser- in that message, I actually gave you like some practical things that you can do in your life to get busyness under control. Did that help anybody? Has anybody applied those things? The one that I'm struggling with is I, I encourage you all to like take a Sabbath like God instructed like way back when the world started. Take that seventh day of rest. And it's a challenge for me because I like to work all seven days. So, but taking that rest is absolutely essential. Go listen to that message. Good stuff. And here's the second weapon of mass distraction. That's competing voices. So have you ever been like in a packed football stadium and you're like trying to talk to the person two seats down and you can't hear a word that they're saying? Because like everybody's talking. But yet, if it was just you and that other person, that other person was across the field and there was nobody else in the stadium, you guys would be able to talk and hear each other because of the way the stadium's designed. It's interesting. And this reminds me of a story Jesus told where a man prepared a great banquet, like he prepared this feast. Like, how many of y'all like to have a great meal? Like, he, he wanted to prepare this awesome meal and, and, and just give it to people. Come on, come on in and eat. But look how people responded to it. But they all began making excuses. One said, well, I've just bought a field and I got to inspect it. Please excuse me. Another said, I've just bought five pairs of oxen and I want to try them out. So please excuse me. Another said, I just got married. We got things to do. So I can't be there. So Jesus was inviting these people to come spend time with him, but they all had other stuff to do. Sorry, Jesus, there's, there's this other thing that seems more important right now. So, so I'll catch you later. Anybody ever done that? So what would happen if we all took a moment to think through those things that are competing with God? I bet we'd find that a lot of them should probably be eliminated from our lives, or at the very least, like, restricted in our lives, like, with boundaries. And you know, you, you guys know what I'm talking about, and there's probably a good, good chance that it's digital. You're on your phone, you're watching Netflix, 
You're on Xbox or you're working after hours on that darn computer. You can't get away from the screen. I got you all in this room. Like, <laughs> I bet everybody has one of those. So, I mean, come on, guys. Like, if Facebook is the first thing we do in the morning, we might have a problem. If we can't, like, sit on the loo and, and, and do our business without pulling out our phones, like, we might have a problem. Don't you think? So, raise your hand if you think that you could benefit from restricting the amount of time that you spend on your phone. Y'all look around. That's most of us in the room. Now, the thing is, now we just got to do it. That's, that's the challenge. But one of the best ways to keep digital in its place is to make a commitment to spend time with God before you pull out anything digital. Don't look at your phone. Don't pull up your computer. Just say, you're going to have to wait work because I got to spend time with God. You're going to have to wait Facebook because I got to spend time with God. And I love how the Apostle Paul says it in Hebrews 12. Since we're surrounded by so many examples of faith, we must get rid of everything that slows us down, especially sin that, that distracts us. And we must run the race that lies ahead of us and never give up. We must focus on Jesus. And we can sum this up into one simple statement. To hear God's voice, you got to turn down the world's volume. And you guys know exactly what that is in your life. So I encourage you to take the steps towards turning that down so that you can hear God's voice. And here's the last weapon of mass distraction, and that's an unprepared heart. So in other words, like sometimes God's speaking to us, but it doesn't sink in. It just kind of like hits us and then slides down into the floor. And then we leave it, leave it behind. And there's a story in the Bible called the parable of a sower, and it talks about how the ground has to be just right for the, for the seeds to actually take effect. So, like, the story makes this point where you, you can't plant on hard ground. Like, if I took some seeds and I just, like, threw them out on the, on the concrete floor here, and we came back next week, I bet you all there wouldn't be a plant here. The seed, I know, and the seeds shouldn't have even been here because Brandon swept them up after one of our events that we had here. So how does this relate to our spiritual lives? Well, here's the parallel Jesus makes in this story. When anyone hears news of the kingdom and doesn't take it in, it just remains on the surface. And so the evil one comes along and plucks it out of that person's heart. So if our hearts aren't prepared, God could be speaking. It's just not sticking. It's just left out in the open, and then the devil comes and steals it right from you. But if we prepare our hearts, it's kind of like planting on seeds in fertile ground. You come back in a few days, and, and there's a little sprout. You come back in a few weeks, and there's a, a plant. And you come back in a few years, and there's a healthy tree, healthy mature tree. So how do we prepare our hearts? Well, 2 Corinthians tells us, chapter 7, let's make a clean break with everything that defiles or distracts us, both within and without, and make our entire lives fit in holy temples for the worship of God. So that's why it's so important for us to live our lives like the Word tells us to live our lives, so our hearts can be prepared to receive the words that God speaks to us. All right, got a little experiment for you guys this morning. So I want you to stand up. Everybody go ahead and stand up. I'm going to have the guys in the back uh, play this sound, and if you hear it, I want you to sit down. So, hold on, guys. Don't oh, yep, if you hear it, sit down. Okay, you can stop it now. You can stop torturing people. Now, now you, you people that are still standing, you're kind of like, okay, Kate's playing a trick on me. He, he went and told these people to sit down. I just know it. But what we just played was a frequency, I think it's 17.6 uh, kilohertz or something like that. It's called the mosquito frequency. And only, only young, mostly young people can hear it, Pe people who have ears who haven't dulled yet. So if you're young and standing, I'm sorry. But y'all go ahead and sit down. So you know, you guys, at some point in your life, everybody had the ability to hear what we just played. Everybody had it. But the older you get, your ears get dull. Y'all making fun of each other, aren't you? She making fun of you? Well, let me put it to you this way. The more you experience life and the more you add to your life and the more you get consumed with this life, the duller your spiritual ears get. 
But you know what? Funny story. There's actually a shopping district in London. They didn't want teenagers shopping at their stores for whatever reason. So they installed all these speakers like around the shopping district, and they started playing that, that sound like really loud. So all the teenagers were like running off, like covering their ears. And all the old people were just like, do, 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 you know. But of course, teenagers took that, and, and they, they play their own games with that too. So they, you know, you guys might remember this, you younger people. You put it on your phone as your ringtone, and so you're in class, and like, you, you can hear your phone, and all the students like erupt in the classroom, like, what's that noise? And the teacher's like, what? What, what are you all talking about? <laughs> Pretty funny. But the sound we just played, like, it was there. Just some of us couldn't hear it. And let's look at it from a spiritual perspective. Some of, like, God is speaking. Some of us have just tuned it out, and we're not listening. And this usually happens because the more life we experience, the, the less sensitive our spiritual ears become. Like, we get, we get caught up in our physical world so much that we lose sight of the spiritual world. It's there, we're just not acknowledging it. But the thing is, like, the spiritual world is actually more real than our physical world because the spiritual world is what created the physical world. Isn't that interesting to think about? But over the years, like, the physical just becomes the only thing that we pay attention to. And that's why Jesus says that we need to come to him like a little child. Because children, like, they haven't been hardened by life yet, and they're just, they're sensitive to God, and they're sensitive to his voice. And although, like, the older folks in the room, like, you know, I mean, you more, you more mature people, however you... You guys are awesome. Like, you'll never hear that frequency that I played earlier. I'm sorry. Like, there's nothing you can do to hear that again. You don't want to anyway. But we all have an opportunity to open our spiritual ears and hear God again. Doesn't matter how old you are. Doesn't matter how young you are. We can make a choice today to come to God with the innocence of a child and hear what he's saying in our lives. Now, before I show you how to do that, I actually want to tell you a story from an Old Testament about how this young boy was hearing God's voice, but this older man wasn't. Because it's a great, great illustration of what we just went through. It's found in 1 Samuel chapter 3. It says, The boy Samuel was serving God under Eli's direction. This was at a time when the revelation of God was rarely heard or seen. So Samuel was a young boy, and he was serving under his mentor, who was a prophet, Eli. And this was in a time where people weren't regularly hearing from God. They weren't getting direction from God. And I don't know that it's that God wasn't speaking. I think that they probably just weren't listening, if I had to guess. But we don't know. But the story goes on to say, One night, Eli was sound asleep. It was before dawn, and the sanctuary lamp was still burning. Samuel was still in bed in the temple of God where the chest of God rested. So I want you to notice where Samuel was. He was in the temple of God. In other words, like he intentionally put himself in a place where people knew that they could find God in the Old Testament, which was in the temple. So we're going to come back to these things right here. So remember them. The story goes on to say, then God called out, Samuel, Samuel. Samuel answered, yes, I'm here. Then he ran to Eli saying, I heard you call. Here I am. And Eli said, I didn't call you. Go back to bed. And so he did. And then God called again, Samuel, Samuel. So Samuel got up, and again he went to Eli. I heard you call, here I am. And again Eli said, son, I didn't call you. Go back to your bed and stop waking me up, right? How many parents in here have had to do that before? Because this all happened before Samuel knew God for himself. It was before the revelation of God had been given to him personally. And God called again, Samuel, the third time. And again, Samuel got up and went to Eli. Yes, I heard you call me, here I am. And that's when it dawned on Eli, ah, God must be calling the boy. So Eli directed Samuel, go back and lie down. If the voice calls again, say, speak, God, I'm your servant, ready to listen. And this is some good advice right here. Like, if you don't get anything else today, I want you to get this. When God's trying to speak to you, just quiet yourself and say, yes, God, I'm your servant. Speak, God, I'm listening. It's good stuff. And Samuel returned to his bed. Then God came and stood before him exactly as before, calling out, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel answered, speak, I'm your servant, ready to listen. 
So God said to Samuel, listen carefully, I'm getting ready to do something in Israel that is going to shake everyone up and get their attention. So it's interesting how how Samuel was the one hearing the voice of God, while Eli, in the other room, the more mature one, wasn't. God spoke to Samuel. And in this story, you'll find actually three things that can can guide us in creating an environment where we can hear God on a regular basis. Like, it doesn't matter how old you are, it doesn't matter how young you are, we can all hear from God. And here's the first one. God speaks as we read his word. You guys might remember when it said the sanctuary lamp was still burning. And when we read that earlier, you may not have realized the significance of that. But let me show you something in Psalms. Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. So the Bible doesn't exist to give you a historical record. The Bible doesn't even exist to give you just these great spiritual ideas. The Bible exists to illuminate the best path for your life. It guides you on the journey to your best life, but you, you have to keep it lit because while you're walking down this path, the things of life, the storms of life are going to come. They're going to try to blow out that candle. And when it does, you can't see the path anymore. So you just you start wandering off in the darkness because you don't know where the path is. So how do you keep it lit? You read it. You read the word every day. Even when it's boring, even when you feel like you're not getting anything out of it, you open the word and you read it. And when a big wind of life comes in and it blows out the lamp, you, you light it again by reading the Bible, and don't do what most of us do by waiting weeks or maybe even months of wandering around in the darkness before we're like, oh, ding, I probably should open my Bible. Like, just do it right when it blows out. And if you have a hard time with the Bible, I actually recommend that you go listen to a series that we did back in March called It Is Written. You can find it on our website, and it's just like it helps you understand how the Bible works, how to study the Bible, and all that good stuff. You'll find it really helpful. But what would it look like if we all made a fresh commitment today to get in the Bible every single day? Like, you don't have to waste time in regret because you're like, Kate, I haven't done that up to this point. That's okay, because we're moving forward. We don't waste time in regret. It doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't have to be overwhelming. You guys could just read, like, one verse every day. Like, open up your Bible app, read the verse of the day. Just take a moment, let it kind of soak in. How does this apply to my life? Or you could read it. Like, what I'm doing right now is I'm reading a chapter a day in the New Testament. I started in the the book of Galatians earlier this year, and right now I'm in Hebrews. This only takes, like, five to ten minutes every day to read that. But don't overthink it. Like, you don't have to do what I do. You don't have to do what somebody else does. You just need to do what works for you. And a good place to start is reading a verse every day. And if you're reading that verse every day, like, don't get caught up in, like, well, it's not as good as Cade because Cade's reading a chapter every day. Or it's not as good as Talon because Talon's reading the whole Bible every day. Or, like, whatever. You just do you and let the Holy Spirit lead you in what you need to do. All right. So the most important thing is that you're consistent with it every single day. Do it every day. And there's the best time of the day to do this. Can you believe that? Psalms 119, I rise before dawn and cry for help. I put my hope in your word. Because if you don't seek God first, if you don't put God first on your list, he's not on your list. If you want to hear God's voice, you spend time in God's word because he's going to speak to you through his word. I can promise you that. And here's the next one. God speaks as we cultivate his presence. I know this one sounds a little churchy, doesn't it? You're like, what do you really mean by that, Cade? But hang with me because you're going to grab a hold of what this means as we work through it. In the story we read earlier, it said that Samuel was sleeping where the chest of God rested. You guys remember that? Another translation is called the Ark of the Covenant. And in the, old, in the Old Covenant, the Ark of the Covenant is where the Spirit of God rested. Like in the Old Testament, that's the only place where the Spirit of God was, was in the Ark of the Covenant. And because of Jesus, we've entered into a new covenant, which is awesome. And what a new covenant is, it's a new agreement with God. He made things new. He brought us a new plan. And he's no longer contained into that chest. He's no longer contained into that ark. He actually came to live on the inside of us, inside of everyone who believes in Jesus. And this happens the moment we say, I believe in you, Jesus. Come and be my Lord. The Holy Spirit comes in to live on the inside of you, just like he used to live in that chest. 
And although he's always, hey, I just thought of that. That's kind of cool. He lived in a chest. Now he lives in my chest. All right. <laughs> Ding. <laughs> and although he's always there, like we have a part to play in experiencing God's presence. Like he can always be there, but we don't really experience it in our life unless we cultivate his presence. In other words, like the Holy Spirit's in us, God's presence is in us. He doesn't leave us. He doesn't forsake us. But if we want to experience, in a, experience it in our lives, we've got to cultivate it. You've got to develop those spiritual muscles. And what's the best way to do that? It's actually through worship. Worship is how we cultivate God's presence. Because we get our, that's when we get our minds off of ourselves and we kind of like transition our thoughts towards God. And if you've been here for long, you've experienced this during worship, our worship service here. Like, like all of a sudden, like something's like in the room and you're like, man, what, what is that? Like, oh, my problems got small. My, my emotions don't quite know how to handle what's going on right now. Like that's, that's the presence of God. And the reason we experienced it is because we cultivated it through worship. You don't have to like wait for church to experience this, though. You don't have to be like, I can only experience it on Sunday mornings. You can do it in your car on your way to work by worshiping God. And you're like, if you're like, Cade, you know, I'm just not that great of a singer. God, God really doesn't want to hear me sing. Worship is not music. Music is part of worship. But worship is whenever you elevate God above everything else in your life. Simple explanation. You can do that with your words. You can do that with your thoughts. You can do that with music. That's how you worship God. And that's how you cultivate his presence. And here's the third one. God speaks as we get planted in the church. Because you may remember it said Samuel was in the temple of God. And this may seem really obvious for a pastor to say. You're like, you know, of course you got to say that, Cade, you're a pastor. But getting planted in the church is a vital part of being a Christian. It really is. It's essential for all of us. And it doesn't have to be this church. Like, I get excited when anybody gets planted in any church. When I hear somebody's like, I'm planted in Life Church, I'm like, that is awesome. Somebody said, I'm planted in Current Church, that is awesome. Or Destiny Life Church. Like, there's so many great churches out there. What's important is that we get planted in a church. So you need to find a church where you don't just visit once in a while, but you, you like get engaged in it and you make a commitment and you prioritize it on your schedule. And if no limits is the church that you serve or that you choose, I want you to be here as many Sundays as you can. Because Sundays is whenever we get to know God at a deeper level. And I also want you to get plugged into a small group. Because small groups is whenever we build those relationships that matter, which helps us find freedom because we need that accountability and we need those close relationships to help us whenever we're drifting because we, we all have that capability to kind of drift away from our best life. And we want you to go through growth track as well, which is a simple four-step process where we help you discover your purpose because God puts you here for a reason. You need to know that reason so you can live it out because if you're not living out your purpose, you're never going to be fulfilled in this life. And we want you to have a fulfilling life because that's what God wants for you. And if, you're, if you want to know more about growth track, I'm actually going to talk about it a little bit later, so I'll fill you in then. And I can actually give you a guarantee. Like if you go all in here at No Limits by engaging in Sunday services, small groups, and growth track, and if you do that for a year, you can count, like you're going to look back and be like, wow, look how far I've come. Like I can guarantee you guys that. And you know what? You can put it in your calendar right now. Like whatever, what's today's date? your birthday, so it's October 27th. Like, if you put it in October 27th, 2020, I'm going to tell Cade what happened in my life because I did what he said. You can come and tell me if it didn't work. You're like, hey, you lied to me. It didn't work. But I know, I know what you're going to say. You're going to be like, wow, my life is so good. Now, let me show it to you in Scripture. Psalms 92 says, my eyes have seen the defeat of my adversaries. My ears have heard the retreat of my wicked foes. The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. So this is the amazing life that you get when you get planted in the house of God, planted in the church. Your enemies run off, and you get to flourish, and it's awesome. 
And I know that culture is trying to tell you guys that like real life, like the good life is outside of the church. Like all the people that are in church are in bondage and kind of missing out on the good things of life. But they're lying to you because if they gave you that same promise, like go do what the world does for a year and see if at the end of the year how your life ends up then. See if it's better or worse off than it was before because it's going to be worse off. So the world's lying to you. If you're going to prioritize something, prioritize the church because it's going to make a difference in your life. You're not going to find God's best for your life by overworking. You're not going to find God's best for your life by getting involved in so many activities that you don't have time for anything else. That's not where God's best is. You're going to find your best life whenever you read God's word, whenever you cultivate his presence, whenever you get planted in the church. So God speaks to you through his word. He speaks to you through worship. He'll speak to you through our Sunday services. He'll speak to you through small groups. He'll speak to you through the growth track. And you know, there's actually a lot of things in my life that I wish I'd never done. Like anyone else? Like there's time that I've given too much of myself to my work, too much of my time, too much of my effort. There's time that I've like spent money on things to try to like buy happiness, get me like buy a new car or, or buy this toy or whatever, and it doesn't ever last. And more recently, like I, I, I'm, I want to like move into like the next thing that God has for me. So I think I've been to like eight business conferences this year. And it's ridiculous. Like, I should have never done that. I guess I was just a little bit too ambitious. Yeah, I should have went to some of those, but not all of those. But you know something that I've never regretted? Spending time in God's Word. I've never regretted taking time to talk to God in prayer. I've never regretted being here with you on Sunday mornings or going to hang out with my small group. You see, this, is, this isn't a ritual. You're like, Kate, you're just trying to create rules and rituals here. It's not a ritual. Like, it's, it's life. It's part of our life as believers. Church is something we need to live our best life. We can't do it by ourselves. We need each other. I need you. You need me. We need each other. Because you see, if we want to hear God's voice on the regular, we've got to stay in the right environment. I'll add to that, we've got to stay with the right people. So y'all, let's pray this morning. Go ahead and bow your heads. God, we come to you this morning, and we ask that you speak to us. We ask that you lead us and guide us. Let's all say this together. Let's say, speak God, your servant is listening. We want to hear your voice. Go ahead and keep your heads bowed, eyes closed. You may be thinking right now, like, yes, I definitely want to hear God, but I don't even know Jesus yet. Well, good news is we can get that taken care of, like, right now. It's as simple as believing that Jesus died to give you salvation. There's nothing you can do to earn it. Like, it's all Jesus. And all you have to do is recognize that and receive the gift of Jesus. Doesn't matter how many things you've done wrong. Doesn't matter how bad you messed up. Like, Jesus can make all things new. So no one's looking around. Like, this is just between you and Jesus. If this is you... Why don't you just go ahead and lift your hand up as a way to solidify this decision in your heart that today I'm giving my life to Jesus. Go ahead and just lift your hand up and put it back down. Then church, let's go ahead and join them in saying this prayer together. Everybody go ahead and repeat this after me. Jesus, I've been living without you and I don't want to do that anymore. I've done a lot of things wrong and I need your forgiveness. I accept your love and grace for me. And I ask that you would be my Lord. Thank you for making me new. Thank you for washing away my past. 
I hand my life over to you. And I ask that you'd help me walk out your plan for my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, thank you all for being here this morning. Um, I want to show you all a video up here on the screen. Let's see if it plays. Maybe. Nothing. Well, that was a cool video because I was going to show you what's going on in the Philippines because just recently we sent $7,500 over to the Philippines to help them build a church. You think we could build a church for $7,500 over here? That'd be pretty sweet if we could. Dad, do you actually want to come up and just share a little bit about what's going on in that project over there? My dad here, Mark, is our, uh, he directs the, the Philippines missions over there, so he's been in touch with them. And... All right, just real quickly, we, uh, some of you may not have known, we are actually building a church in the Philippines now, and it's on an island that did not let any Christianity on the island. It's on the island of uh, Sikior, which you can actually look it up, Google it. It's an island all by, all by itself out there. When I started going to the Philippines about 17 years ago, um, all they would show me, all they would say was, see that island over there? You'll never go there because it's full of witchcraft. And if you land on that island, they will kill you. Well, one of my pastors over in the Philippines uh, boated over and started preaching to the people in their houses. And now we, are, we have uh, like uh, 25 families that are, that are showing up on, on, I think it's on Sunday night. And so they needed a place to go because they have no place to, to meet. And so um, we just started sending money over there and the church is halfway up already. Uh, we'll be going in January. We'll probably be there all month or, or most of January to dedicate that church and then to go see all the other things that are going on. Um, we've been there for several years, so we've got lots of friends over there. So if you'd like to give to that, just, just put it in the offering. That, that's above and beyond your regular offering that you give in the church. Just mark it Philippines. Uh, all we need is $2,500, and we will have that church completely done and outfitted with chairs and, and, with chairs and the uh, music instruments and everything. That's how close we are. It takes about $10,000 to build a church over there. It's the only church, the only Christian church in that entire region right there. There are five total Christian churches on that island, and this is one of them. So, man, it's, it's, a, it's a great day, isn't it? Yeah. I mean. That's awesome. Yeah. How cool is it that you get to be part of that through your giving? Like, we're an outreach church. We dedicate at least 10% of our income to go outside these doors. Last year, we actually sent 20% of it out, this door, out these doors. So, so that's awesome. We're, we're making a difference in Mexico. We're making a difference in the Philippines. We're making a difference through Don't Look Back prison ministry here in our community, Pregnancy Resource Center. Like, there's so many great things that we're doing through our giving. So as you prepare your giving, I want you to just thank God that he's using it not only for this church, but he's using it in our community and all around the world because he is. So if you're giving by cash or check, you can raise your hand and we'll have somebody that'll bring you an offering envelope. Or if you want to give with a debit or credit card, go ahead and use the instructions on the screen. Or if you're listening to this online, go ahead and head to your browser and type nolimits.fii and then tap the giving button. All right, let's pray over the offering. Lord, we thank you so much that you're using our giving in such amazing ways, that you're using it to build a church in the Philippines and to do amazing ministry in Mexico. God, we're grateful to be your servants and we're grateful that you can Use, our, use this to, to, do, to do such great things. We ask you to multiply it as it goes out. We ask you to multiply our income as well so that we can give more. God, we're your servants. We're ready to listen and we're ready to give. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Thank you for joining us. And a special thanks to those that give into our ministry. It's because of your generous giving that we're able to lead people to Jesus and make a difference all around the world. If you're ready to give, head to your browser and type nolimits.fyi into the address bar. And hey, if you were encouraged by this podcast, hit that share button and pass it on so that others can be encouraged as well. Or you can even take a screenshot and share it on your social stories. Thanks again for listening and God bless you.